New Cardinals catcher Wilson Contreras was introduced today, and once again, he was saying all the right things to make us love him. My question is, have the Cardinals actually improved at all from last year's team? Plus, all the latest rumors and info on a couple of guys we thought the team might have interest in, Carlos Rodon and Dansby Swanson. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all available there. Every single time, it's absolutely free, and we're available for free on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us and hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, sorry that this is going up so late on a Friday night, but uh, I had double duty today. I had my my anchor stuff going on, and then I also had a hockey game tonight. So uh, we're getting in a little bit late, but we're getting to it all the same. And uh, let's talk Wilson Contreras, shall we? Officially introduced today as the new catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals at a what was a very um, positive and delightful and celebratory press conference at Bush Stadium today. He was asked a ton of questions, and here are some of the highlights from that press conference, courtesy of John Denton at MLB.com. Now, when asked when he first thought about becoming a Cardinal, this is what Contreras said. And, uh, oh, this one, this one, it's, it's, it's going to tug at the heartstrings a little bit. September 4th is when he, he said specifically, when the then-injured Wilson Contreras looked on longingly at how Albert Pujols' teammates in the Bush Stadium crowd celebrated the Slugger's 695th career home run. Contreras, two months before becoming a free agent, marveled at the Cardinals' culture and how aging stars like Yadier Molina and Pujols were warmly embraced and celebrated. Following that September 4th game at Bush Stadium, Molina, the Cardinals' iconic catcher for 19 seasons, autographed and penned a note on a jersey and had a clubhouse attendant deliver it to Contreras, who for years referred to Molina as my idol. That's where this Contreras story took a Hollywood-esque turn and sealed the catcher's intentions of becoming a Cardinal. Upon returning to Chicago that night, Contreras, like a little kid, slid his arms into the signed Molina jersey, tugged it across his chest, proudly buttoned it up, and showed it to his wife, Andrea. Now, uh, in response to this, he said, I did get chill bumps. It was a nice moment I had with my wife putting on that jersey. I asked her, how do I look? She said, I look great. And I love the jersey even more now. Uh, Contreras' agent elaborated on the story, saying that Yadier Molina sent the jersey to Wilson, and it said on the little note that was penned to it, this is my last year. You are the future. Hey, Yadi knew this was going to happen in September? And after seeing the celebration for Pujols, he later put the Yachty jersey on. He told me, Jose, I know the money might be more in other places, but if you can make it happen with the Cardinals, I want to be a part of that. He was firm, and we got it done. 
Now that is the kind of stuff that is just ugh, Cardinals fans are going to eat it up. We're eating it up right now. That makes me feel great. Like, you know, you've done that before too. Like when you got a new Jersey or remember when you were a kid and you were playing uh, in little league and you ended up, you know, starting to play for that new team or you made the high school team for the first time and you put that Jersey on and you're like, yeah, some of us not naming any names, might have slept in their jerseys when they were kids when they first got them. Um, but isn't that awesome that that's how important this was to him? You know, you see free agents and they bounce around from team to team and it doesn't always seem like it's, um, you know, about the franchise or or the city or the fans or more specifically, the name on the front of the uniform. It always feels like instead it's more about the name on the back of the uniform and and the, the the numbers in the bank account. And don't get me wrong, Contreras just hit it big. Okay, five years, $87.5 million. Uh, it was also announced today that there is a club option for a sixth year, which would push the contract over $100 million. And he's earned every penny. Okay, he really has. Three-time All-Star, uh, won a World Series in his rookie year. But for the most of the time in Chicago, they've been kind of rebuilding things. And, uh, you know, he's been steady the whole time but hearing him talk about how special this uniform is and, and what an honor it is to succeed his idol Yadier Molina and how he had to keep working and getting better so he was ready when this opportunity came when he became a free agent finally so he could go where he wanted to go choose the city and the franchise and the team that he wanted to play for he went on to say, I always wanted to do something every single day to get better, even though the Cubs were rebuilding. I'm excited for the next chapter, and I'm looking forward to beating the Chicago Cubs. I want to do everything I can to help the St. Louis Cardinals win it all. Uh, he talked about how he's already been in contact with Adam Wainwright. He said Adam Wainwright was the first person that hit him up when the deal was close to being finished. So it's... He named guys like Andre Palante. Like, how does Wilson Contreras know who Andre Palante is? Like, he has no business business knowing who that is, but he does. It was a great press conference. And if you get a chance to see the whole thing, uh, you know what? I tell you what. In the description below on YouTube, I will put a link to the entire press conference because it's good. I, I enjoyed it. People were laughing. They were having fun. You could tell this is where he really wanted to be. And it seems like he's already embracing what – we finally call the Cardinal way, you know, work hard, play hard for your team, for your city, for the birds on the bat. Hearing him talk and, and speak about his wanting to be in St. Louis and wanting to play for this franchise. Uh, I could see how Mo and Ollie fell in, in love with this guy. And I, I can't wait to see him playing in red instead of against them wearing blue. But my question is, is Contreras enough to raise this team to that next level? All right, we've made the playoffs. You've won the division. How do we get to that next level? Is signing Contreras enough to do that? I'll tell you what I think about that next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, the holidays mean a lot of things. Family, friends, maybe some, some crappy weather, <laughs> depending on where you live. But one thing it for sure brings is lots and lots of food, and more specifically, snacks. And usually those snacks are... Not great for you. And then you feel guilty after you've smashed your, your seventh cookie or one of those tree cakes. Oh, they're so good, right? But they're not good for you. So what if I told you there was a delicious snack that was actually good for you, 
but gave you all of those holiday flavors that you love. Say hello to the newest Built Bar creation, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. They've also got the candy cane brownie. And that is in puff form, by the way. So the Built Puffs, like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. That's the only way I can explain it to you. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're the best tasting protein bars ever built. They really are. Usually, protein bars are nasty and they're gummy and they're they're not good. These are not like that. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130 calories in these beautiful things. Bill Bar's new reimagined flavors include the white chocolate peppermint granola, candy cane brownie, but they've also got the cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. And they're all unbelievable. And so what I suggest for you to do is if you can't decide which one you want to try, you get one of those mixed boxes that they have, and you can try all five flavors for yourself. Bill, you got to try this. And right now, we could save you a little bit of dough while you're doing it. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's 15% off your order right now with the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So now that Contreras is in the fold, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited, I'm thrilled to have him. My question is, because you got to think about these things. My question is, have the Cardinals actually improved all that much from the team that we just saw in 2022? That's my question. So follow me here, because I'm not bashing the Contreras thing, so don't get me wrong. Contreras takes over for Yachty, who we know was a wonderful guy in the clubhouse. He was the leader and a great catcher, but his offense was abysmal last year. You know this. I'm not saying anything you guys don't know. So Contreras comes in, right? Takes over behind the plate and now adds the offense that Yachty couldn't provide. Or I should say, it's not all on Yachty's shoulders. That Yachty and Kisner couldn't provide as a, as a combination, right? And that's fantastic. He's going to do that. But you know what other holy fills? The production that was Albert Pujols last season. And it was as much of a surprise to, to me and anybody else out there in <laughs> who watched baseball when Albert went nuclear in the second half of the season and became one of the top hitters in all of baseball. Nobody saw that coming. And I, I kind of shudder to think what this team would have been like at the back half of the second half of the season if he hadn't done all of that. You know? Um, him providing that spark, the, the charge for 700 in September, like he was the only guy doing anything in that last month. Like nobody else was really hitting around him. Now, the thrill of the chase for 700, you can't repeat that, okay? Nobody's going to bring that in. That's a once-in-a-lifetime type of moment. But his production of 24 home runs and 64 RBIs is most certainly in reach for a Hilson Contreras' caliber, right? That's what we're expecting. We're expecting 20 to 25 home runs, hopefully more RBIs, considering he'll be batting in that five-hole, and, um, you know, hopefully he's healthy and gets to do it the whole season with uh, – Goldie and Arenado getting on base in front of them. Hopefully his, his uh, RBI production will be more than that. 
But if he comes in at, say, 70, 75 RBIs, we'll be pretty darn happy, right? So we got a catcher, and now we got the Albert production covered. But where is the improvement for the overall numbers, okay? You know what I'm saying here? Does it make sense? Because you're, you're getting Contreras' number. It's filling Pujols' hitting production. But you've still got an empty spot there, you know? Because you are you still got to fill what Yachty and what Kisner did, even though it was minimal. That's what you have to do. So who's going to take over those numbers, all right? And right now, you've found replacements for the numbers you lost. So the way I see it, it's not so much that the pressure is on Contreras to improve this, but it's actually the other guys around him that have to step up with the addition of Contreras, okay? Like, you haven't brought in an extra bat or arm to help improve anything yet because this isn't all over yet. We, you know, we got a lot of time until spring training. There's still time here. So it's really on your new DH combo, which we presume is going to be Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman, to also provide what Albert did. Then we have improvement, okay? Because then you can say, all right, so Contreras fills that catcher's role, does this much better than what you got out of Kisner and, and uh, Yachty last year, and you've got what Yepes and Gorman do, to fill the void that is left by Albert Pujols' numbers leaving. All right? That's where the improvement comes from. We assume that's going to happen, right? Like, we assume they're going to do that. But it's a bit of an unknown, considering they were both rookies last year. You expect improvement from Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. You need them to stay healthy and be what they were in 2021. That would be a major improvement for this, uh, for this offense. If those two got back to those 2021 numbers, then you've got Contreras' bat. And if Nolan, Gorman, and Yepes can pull off the Pujols numbers, now we're talking. Now we're talking improvements. Can Alec Burleson be better than what Corey Dickerson was? I'm inclined to think that he can. I didn't think Corey Dickerson did anything all that special, except for that one series where he had like 12 hits in a row. Beyond that, meh. Not much bang for your buck, considering you paid him $5 million last year. But again, with Alec Burleson, a rookie. And in his cup of coffee that he had up in the show with the team last year, a bit underwhelming, considering the massive numbers that he had displayed while he was down at AAA Memphis, okay? It's not like he was hitting 260 with like 15 home runs or something down there at Memphis. No, he was hitting like 330. <laughs> and 20 something bombs like he was crushing triple a pitching the pitching staff has no new faces nothing so far you you need solid years again from michaelis and wayno you need matt's healthy you need flaherty healthy you need montgomery to be more like the guy in those first four starts with the team when he came over from new york than he was the final starts like he had a couple of other ones that were sprinkled in that were pretty good but for the most part you know he was kind of near the uh, the end of the season there. Hence why he didn't get a start in the postseason. Because you remember after the first four starts he had, when he got to the team from New York, everybody's like, oh my gosh, here we go. We got our we got our number one that, that could start in the playoffs. And that didn't happen because his numbers deteriorated as uh, the end of the season got closer and closer. Um, Dakota Hudson, again, coming back from 
arm surgery. Very inconsistent. You would see moments where he looked fantastic and he looked more like that prospect that the Cardinals thought he was going to be. But again, he's coming off of elbow surgery, so I'm willing to cut him a little bit of slack, but you need him to be more consistent if he's going to be the number six swing man that we think he's going to be, where you know he's pitching from the bullpen 70% of the time, but sometimes will be that starter that needs to fill in. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to like this team. You know, and I'm not a negative guy. I'm super positive, maybe sometimes to a fault. But there are plenty of reasons to be skeptical because of all the stuff that I just listed. If none of that comes to fruition, they're in trouble. Then we're looking at the same team as last year. And that didn't get us very close to a championship, did it? It's why the idea of splurging on an ace starter and top hitting shortstop made so much sense because if you added those pieces to the foundation that you already have built here, now you're talking about really improving this team. And in my eyes, Contreras alone just doesn't do that. But again, you need the rest of this team to step up. They can't all regress again. Like the Carlson and O'Neill cannot have the same years as they did this year, or they're in trouble. Okay. Cause you can't expect Lars Nupar and Yepes and then rookie Jordan Walker to save the day. They've got to be good this year. If I'm going to finger point at anybody that's got to be good this year, it's those two guys. They really got to be good. Uh, two of the names that have been mentioned that would fill these roles, the uh, starting ace and the uh, shortstop. Uh, would be Carlos Rodon and Dansby Swanson. And I've got the latest rumors on them coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. So we knew coming into free agency that the top pitchers and shortstops were going to be expensive, okay? Not a surprise that these numbers were are, are going out the way they are. We're a little surprised at how long these contracts are, you know, nine and 11 years. Like, that's bonkers, right? But as far as the price tag, like how much these guys are getting per year, Pretty dead on of what we thought they were going to get. DeGrom and Verlander got paid big time. Next pitcher on the list of what we deemed the elite starters was Carlos Rodon, who remains unsigned as of this recording. So what is he asking for? Because we not, nobody really knew. Like, what, what does he want? Is that feasible? Can the Cardinals match whatever it is he's asking for? Well, <laughs> he opted out of his two-year $44 million deal with the Giants to find something more lucrative, and sources told the San Francisco Chronicle's Susan Slusser that he is seeking a minimum of seven years on a $100 million-plus deal. No, he's not asking for $100 million for seven years. He's talking about he wants seven years, and he will not take less than $100 million on whatever contract he signs. Uh, Brandon Cuddy. Uh, VinJ.com previously reported that Rodon was seeking six years with an average annual value around $30 million per year in his talks with teams. Um, Slusser also writes that increased contract length might scare the Giants off from re-signing. So I guess they were willing to give you know the bag to Aaron Judge, but they're not ready to do that for Carlos Rodon. And that's fine. That's how they feel. Uh, MLB.com's Mark Feinstein believes the Yankees will be the team that ends up meeting Carlos Rodon's demands. Uh, The Dodgers and Red Sox have also been linked to him. Nothing from the Cardinals. And to be honest, I don't think uh, at those numbers that they will be involved in anything that has to do with Carlos Rodon. Um, It just seems out of their 
out of their realm of uh, finances, right? It has been pointed out by many that after this season, only Matt's is under contract as far as the starting rotation goes. I realize that. Uh, we know Wainwright is done. So that means a lot is writing on the seasons for Michaelis, Flaherty, and Montgomery. I mean, they got to stay healthy and they got to perform well if they want to cash in like these other pitchers are. And the Cardinals will likely have to make a decision on which ones they want because odds are not all three of them are going to come back to this team. Um, obviously, you've got guys in the minor league system who uh, maybe make that jump and, and can be starters for you. Or let me throw this out there for you. Maybe the Cardinals are just saving up for a crazy mad run at Shohei Otani. What do you think about that? <laughs> Is that why they're not signing anybody? Because next year they're going to give Shohei Otani the world. They're actually going to make him an owner of the Cardinals. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going to happen there. But I do know that I cannot picture them paying that much for Carlos Rodon. Okay. I just don't see it. Uh, Dansby Swanson and Carlos Correa remain unsigned at shortstop. Uh, Swanson linked to the Cardinals earlier this week. Most seem to uh, kind of shoot down the idea that they were even looking at a shortstop anymore, talking about that, that it would kind of screw up the, the mixture that they have with uh, Edmund and Gorman and uh, Donovan, which is something they seem to be happy with, which I told you at the end of the year, I don't think they hate that idea of those three taking over the middle infield. Yes, Paul DeYoung is still on this roster. If he makes it through spring training, so be it. But like people are like, we got to get rid of him. Well, I mean, he's not going to play that much. So I, I'm not freaking out about Paul DeYoung still being under contract. I mean, they're still paying him. What is it? 9 million or 11 million, something like that. Anyway. Um, but they didn't appear like they're in the shortstop market anymore, at least the way Mo reacted to the questions. And again, maybe he's got a good poker face and he's just not telling everybody everything. But following the Contreras signing, it seems like that's where their free agent money went. If they had traded for a catcher, they could have used that money towards somebody else, but that's not what happened. Um, Giants and Yankees appear to be the ones chasing Correa the most, along with the Twins, who won him back. And if he signs before Swanson, then Mark Feinstein from MLB.com predicts that Swanson's market would explode. Now, MLB.com still says the Cubs, Twins, Red Sox, and the Cardinals are among the clubs most interested in him. And John Paul Morosi thinks St. Louis is still in the mix to sign a shortstop with Swanson, its likely target, over Carlos Correa. Morosi was the one that linked the Cardinals to Swanson earlier this week. And he hasn't backed down from this. And I think a lot of us feel that Swanson would, would fit nicely on this team, but it's just hard for me to believe that the Cardinals would fork over not only the amount of money he wants, but the length of a deal that he might be asking for after seeing, you know, Trey Turner get nine years and Xander Bogart's getting 11 years. Like if he's going to get like eight or nine or whatever, like, I don't, I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that. It just doesn't sound like something they're prepared to do. And I, th I think Swanson's cam could get another team to, to pull the trigger on something like that. So again, the door isn't closed, but I'm not holding my breath. And personally, I'd still rather spend that money on an ace starter at this point. And uh, whether it's, and it's not, if it's not going to be Rodon because he's too expensive, there's still some other guys that could have an impact on this team and on this rotation that are out there. I keep coming back to Chris Bassett. I, I, I liked him in Oakland before he ended up going to the Mets. 
I feel like his stuff would play really, really well with this defense and at Bush Stadium. Um, other names that are out there that they're not the sexiest names anymore, but how about a Sean Manaya? you know, who was somebody the fans a couple of years ago really wanted out of Oakland. And then he hasn't pitched all that well. Didn't find the uh, same success when he got over to San Diego. He's a free agent, left-hander. Can you put him back together again? Corey Kluber, obviously not his Cy Young self anymore, but but he's out there. It's a name to think about. Uh, bullpen help. You've got a lot of big names out there. Our oldest Chapman, Craig Kimbrell, Will Smith, Zach Britton, Corey Knabel. Guys for different reasons who might end up taking a one-year prove-it deal. And I know that those guys have baggage. I'm not saying they're like perfect fits and you got to go get those guys. I'm just throwing names out there. I'm just spitballing here, okay? But these are people who are out there that maybe the Cardinals have some contact with and can bring them in. Like Mo said, there's a lot of time between now and spring training to talk with these guys. So it doesn't all have to be done right now. So kind of back to the waiting game to see if there's any more additions for this Cardinals team. But I will say this, for this weekend at least, let's just enjoy the Wilson Contreras signing and how excited he is to be a St. Louis Cardinal because I love it. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio. And, of course, the uh, show itself at LO underscore Cardinals. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> 